We didn't just sing about something. We came to experience something. Amen. That's the God that we serve. Matthew 11, verse number 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding each of his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things that ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to him. Verse 6 and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Today, if the Lord will help me, I want to preach to you this morning. My subject is the promise for your prison. The promise for your prison. Would you lift your hands and your voice with me one more time? Father, help us today as we go forward into your word. I pray, God, you would anoint the lips of clay to deliver today what you have laid upon my spirit. Your word is already anointed. God, anoint this that you have given me today to come alive in our hearing this morning. God, do something great in this house. Let your blood flow across this congregation. We'll be careful, Lord, to give you all the glory and all the praise. We ask it today in Jesus' name. Say amen with me. You may be seated today. There is probably not another character in the scriptures quite as compelling as John. When you read his resume, you will begin to understand he was truly a man that knew God. In fact, his legacy is forever printed in the pages of the Holy Writ. And it is very clear, there was a man sent from God, and his name was John. Now, this is interesting, or the interesting fact about that statement, if you will, is where you find its placement. Because if you know your Bible, you will remember that this verse comes in the middle of some very powerful proclamations. Allow me to remind you this morning. That in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not." And we one God apostolic Pentecostals, we love that and we declare that and we preach that and we are so excited about what it is setting up that we do something that we never do. We jump over eight scriptures. Not because we are trying to mislead you or leave something out 
or get by a questionable subject, but we hurdle those eight scriptures to get to our Jesus because we want you to know and never doubt his lordship and his identity. And the next thing you'll hear from us behind what I just read was, and the word was made flesh. The word that was in the beginning, the word that was with God, that in fact was God, took on flesh. And we then and only then beheld his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. What a message we have today. What a truth we understand this morning. How could anyone ever deny that Jesus is Lord and he is God? And we love it and we preach it and we teach it. But tucked in the middle of our introduction to Jesus was someone so important to his mission that the scriptures share space for a brief second with the Lord of glory to tell you this. There was a man sent from God, and his name was John. He wasn't the light, don't get that confused, but he was sent to bear record of the light. He was sent to break a 400-year silence from heaven with a message that many still don't like today. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We could use a few more preachers like that in 2022. Come on, you may not like it, but the preacher is never more like God, nor connected to God when he is preaching that message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I think he was letting every preacher know repentance is so vital. I will stop my own introduction to give you an example of how it fits into the story. You proclaim my kingdom and you prepare my people. And this age would be a little less messy if every preacher would get this revelation deep within their spirit because I know that you know America needs to repent. The world needs to repent, and they need a man sent to proclaim that to them. And John was such a man. He was on a mission. He was sent. He was empowered. He was unlike any other. He was a wild man. Lived in the woods. Ate locusts and wild honey. Wore crazy clothes. He was radical and he was chosen. He was set apart from the rest of the crowd. He had a backbone like a telephone pole. He showed no fear. He showed no favor as he preached his message. There was just simply nobody quite like John. And Jesus even said of him, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. So when we arrive at our text today, and Jesus is sending out his disciples and about to kick off the greatest three-and-a-half-year ministry tour ever known to man, we find the one sent. 
we find the one anointed and empowered and earmarked for this moment sitting in a prison. Surely this is not what John expected. Surely this is not what he thought would happen when the Messiah officially stepped on the scene. I'm sure he had an idea in his head and in his mind and in his heart of how their relationship would be. I'm sure he saw himself spending time with Christ, maybe even continuing to go out before him and preaching his message, baptizing unto repentance while Jesus would come along behind and see them filled with his spirit. But today he is alone. Today, he is sitting in the darkness that he had so greatly cried out against. Chains are on his hands, and doubts are starting to creep into his mind. This is the man that was given a direct word from heaven. You will know he is the one when you see this sign. My spirit will descend upon him and remain, and you will know he is the one. And just as it was given to him, John witnessed this in Jesus. The Spirit descended, and he got even more fervent, and he got even more bold because the Messiah had truly come, and he had been validated. But today, John is far from that first encounter. He is a long way from a descending dove and a voice speaking out of the heavens. All he has now is a previous experience. He has played his role. He has stayed the course. And what has he earned to show for it but prison? Come on, somebody. We've all been there. We've all experienced a season when we felt like we were all alone, when we felt like God wasn't within a million miles of where we currently are. We felt trapped. We felt abandoned. We felt forgotten. See, you can label it today a prison. You can call it a storm. You can call it a trial. You can call it a test. But you can rest assured today there will come a time when you will have to dig deep to keep your faith. Because before God can judge you faithful, He must test your faith. And we don't like it. And we wish there was another way. And we pray the storms pass us by. And the trouble visits on those that are doing evil, Lord. And the test gets laid on someone else's desk, but I have to inform you today, it won't always be great, it won't always be shouting in good times, and we need to settle that now and understand, it's in the hardest of times where we learn the most about Him, it's in the seasons where all we have is our faith, that our faith is made complete in Him, and John is sitting here as our example this morning, mightily used of God, mightily anointed of God. 
the one sent to declare him to the world. And he is struggling in his prison. He is struggling with this test of faith. And the questions began to mount up. And the doubts began to arise. Did I get it wrong? Was all of that for nothing? Is he really the son of God? Did I see what I thought I saw? Did I hear what I thought I heard? Is he really the answer? Is he really the one? And the questions from the prison began to war against his faith. And the last thing that John shows us about Jesus may very well be the greatest thing that we could ever learn or understand about him. Because when the questions became too much and his faith was almost broken, John turned his questions into a petition. And he sent his petition to Jesus. I need to keep going where I'm going so I can take us to where we need to get to today. But let me just pause and insert this in here this morning. You better learn to pray. You better learn how to take all of your questions and learn how to send them to God as a petition. You better learn how to get in tune and in touch with Him because this thing called life is hard. And there are going to be hard days and there are going to be troublesome days. You can be on the highest high that you've ever been and the next moment lying flat of your back in the trial of your life and you better know how to turn the questions that the storm and the enemy is going to bring into a petition and send it back to Jesus. Because those that survive are those that learn to pray. They learn how to petition God when it all comes crashing in. John faced it too. It was questions. It was doubts. It was fears. Are you him? Or should I look for another? All of his past experiences, all of his previous encounters, all of his preordained knowledge, all of the great services he had been in, all of the shouting he had done, all of the dancing he had done, all of the singing he had done, all of those things had turned into a question in the middle of his prison. But Jesus, so merciful and so good, sent back a nudge to his faith. I love that today. Jesus you got to understand this. Jesus ain't impressed by your resume today. He don't care who you came from and where you came from. He's not impressed by your pedigree or your resume. What impresses him is your relationship. What impresses him is your reliance on him. 
What impresses him today is your realization that my faith is weak and I've got to hear from you again, Lord. So the nudge said, tell John, just go back and remind him. I understand your question. I see you there in your prison, but don't be deceived by where you are because the blind are seeing and the lame are walking and the dumb are talking and the deaf hear and the dead are raised and the gospel is being preached unto the poor. He said, you go, let John know everything you preached about is still happening. Everything you told them would come to pass, it's coming to pass. Everything that you have prophesied is in practice right now and Jesus wanted John to remember and Jesus wanted John to know I'm still the same God that you saw that you met that you proclaimed to the world but don't just give him a report give him a reassurance of this promise for his prison blessed is he who is not offended in me. And I've come to CLC today with a simple message. I don't know why God has trusted you with your prison. I can't tell you why the storm has visited your life. I can't reason out today why you have been attacked, but I can today remind you of who he is. And I can tell you today of the things that he has done. And I will proclaim unto you this promise. Blessings will come from it all if you keep your faith and refuse to be offended. See, you got to understand today it is how we respond in trouble that anchors our faith. And though God doesn't always make sense to us, he will always make a way for us. Psalm 46 and 1 declares, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. David said he was a refuge and he was a strength and very present when we are in trouble trouble. When you feel the furthest from God, he is closer to you than he's ever been before. But the trouble causes us to look. And when we look, it don't look right. John did it too. Are you him or should I look for another? John, you're looking for answers while you should be looking at me. I'm still working. I'm still healing. I'm still saving. I'm still the same God. And I love verse 1 of this psalm, but the key of this psalm is verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in 
the earth. Be still and know. It literally means when you trace those words back to their original context, it means relax and answer. Just relax. Trouble gets us worked up. It gets us stirred up. It gets the heart rate going. And we start acting with haste. But the word said, relax, because connected to your response is the answer. You're not going through your trial to be punished today. You're not going through your storm because God doesn't love you this morning. Your trouble is building a platform for God to get the glory because God will be exalted among the heathen no matter what it takes. And I know it doesn't always make sense to us But when God's plan over you is finished, even the heathen will have to stop and recognize this is a child of God. There's favor on them. There's something different about them. But didn't they just go through? Yeah, but you ought to see how God worked it all out. Come on, somebody. I need a witness in this place today. You felt like it was over but God you felt abandoned but God you felt like you were destined to fail and fall but God stepped in church in the wilderness felt it too they had a promise of Canaan but after 40 years of wandering around it felt like a pipe dream so when the time came they wanted to see. They wanted to go look. They were trying to figure out if it was all still possible. So they sent 12 men, 24 eyes to spy out the land and all the eyes came back lying. Because that's what eyes will do. But Caleb stealed the people. Amidst a bunch of unbelief and murmuring and doubts and fears and complaining and feeling like God had left them alone and feeling like God had abandoned them, God anointed a man to stand up and say, Relax! God is faithful and he's going to be with us. Quit looking at them. And get your eyes back on him because we are well able to take the land. God had a people to exalt. God had to show the heathen who he was. Come on, church. Come on, saint of God. God's got you today. That group went on to become the greatest force that ever walked the planet Earth. They were God's chosen people that we have been grafted into today. John went on to be known as the greatest prophet to ever live. But you know what? He died in that prison. He 
head detached from his body because he preached against sin. But he never got offended. And it's how he responded that gives us license to preach a message like this today. John's ministry can't truly be understood while we remain here on earth, but eternity will reveal its impact and reward. From John, we get our part of salvation's formula, repentance and baptism, the acts that we do in our flesh, and then God comes and completes the work in the Spirit by filling us with uh, the Holy Ghost. But the greatest gift He left us with uh, is an example of faith. Prison, questions, fear, offense tried to kill Him, but it never stole His faith. It was probably His example that encouraged Paul and Silas. I imagine they had questions. I imagine they had shed a few tears. I imagine they had opportunity to get mad and get upset, maybe even charge God, or at the very least feel like they had been forsaken by him. Lord, we're out doing your work. Lord, we have abandoned all. We are out preaching your gospel. They may have even began to pity themselves, thinking no one else has had to endure as much as we have. We are the only ones to ever face a, a prison like this. Come on. If we be honest today, we've been there but their memory started working. See, sometimes we just need to remember our current status isn't testifying right now of his goodness. Our future might look bleak at best. Our eyes are at war with our faith, and I can almost see them this morning. Paul and Silas sitting in that prison cell. They're wounded. They're tired. They're sore. They're hungry. No real idea about what is Ahead, and as the questions started to flood their mind, one of them remembers we aren't the only ones that's ever been in a prison for him. We aren't the only ones that have suffered for the gospel's sake. And I just believe you preach it like you want to when you get your turn, but I believe they remembered the words of Jesus to John. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. I believe they remembered Psalm 46 and 10. Be still and know for I will be exalted. And with a prisoner's promise they began to praise and with a prisoner's promise they began to sing and with a prisoner's promise they fought pity and frustration and offense and with a prisoner's promise they relaxed and answered and at midnight the darkest hour from the deepest part of the prison chained shackled and surrounded by god by guards with orders to kill if necessary their song of praise became their song of release 
Come on, somebody. God has been too good to us for the prison to take us. God has been too good to us for the questions to rob us of our faith. And the Lord told me this morning as I was getting ready to tell you, some of you are but a song away from a release you've been praying for. And if you could change your lyrics today from woe is me to great is he. There's a supernatural release that's going to hit this house before we leave here today because the promise Jesus sent back to John belongs to you today also. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. How do I know, Brother Hodge, if offense is trying to get a hold of me? Glad you asked. Here's how. Offense comes through these feelings. Annoyance. Upset. Resentful. All as a result of feeling insulted. Why did God do that to me? Why did God allow that in my life? Why did God let this happen? But here, this preacher today, the trial that you are in is not God trying to insult you. The trial you are going through is there to refine you and make you complete in Him. Whether you can see it or understand it right now, God is up to something. James 1, 2, and 4, 2 through 4 said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Why? I still don't get it. He wants you complete today because when he gets you complete he can show you off and when he gets you complete and he gets you where he can get some glory out of you we'll finally get to the purpose of Psalm 46 and 10 and that is that he will be exalted some of you are coming up because he's ready to raise up some of your family and some of your friends some of you are coming up because he's getting ready to show you off among your co-workers some of you are gaining a testimony so that others can see his favor and get a taste of his glory come on somebody you thought it was a punishment you thought God was mad at you but I've come to tell you this morning there's a promise to every prisoner in this place if you can hang on to your faith and not get offended and keep your trust in him, God is bringing it around and God is working it out and all those things are going to begin to work together for the good of those that love the Lord. Come on, musicians, help us out this morning. 
Amen. Amen. We get so bogged down. We get thrown into these situations and we feel like everything is crashing in. And I don't belittle one test today. And I don't belittle one trial today. I'm not telling you that sometimes those questions and those thoughts aren't unwarranted. But what I want you to know is that if your faith can fight against the spirit of offense, if you don't feel insulted when God trusts you with a trial, if you don't feel abandoned when God trusts you in those circumstances, you are going to be able to be used and turned into a vessel that he can get honor and he can get glory for. Come on, I feel that so strongly in this place today that some have been struggling and some have been wondering, God, what are you up to? God, what are you doing? And your eyes are looking for answers, but it lies in your faith. Today, you've got to remember, you've got to stir up that gift that lies within you and learn and know so you can see his favor. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. If we respond right today, there's favor that's coming. If we respond right today, there's encouragement that's coming. I don't know if you read it or picked it up, but John, the word from Jesus came to John again. I didn't look that one up in the Greek. I just know what again means means it was another time again it's alright to have the question come up again it's alright not to understand it and need his reassurance again come on but just like John God's not offended and he'll send that word back to you. Remember who I am. Remember what I said. Remember what I promised. I will do everything that I said I would do. John, you're looking around in the midst of your circumstances. And all you can see is darkness. And all you can see is the prison. And all you can see is the trouble. But if you'll hang on to your faith for just a little season, it may not come out the way. Everybody may not read this as a win, John. But when you stand in glory, when you stand there for all the world to see, I'm going to testify of you. There was none greater than this man right here because he endured every trial and he endured every hardship even to the losing of his own life. But he never got offended. And there's a blessing and there's favor coming when we can stand in that place today and not get offended. Would you rise with me today? I wonder if anybody believes that with me this morning. I wonder if anybody would be courageous enough to say, Brother Hodge, I know what you're talking about. I've been in my own season. I've been in my own prison. I've been in my own trial. And it feels like I've been alone. But I hear the word of the Lord today calling me. 
I hear the word of the Lord today drawing me. And I'm going to bring my question. And I'm going to turn them into petition today. And I'm going to leave them with Jesus and let him nudge my faith this morning. Come on, anybody need a nudge in your faith today? Anybody just need a little boost in your faith today? Why don't you, if you agree with that, why don't you begin to make your way down to the altar today? Why don't you begin to pour out those questions today? Come on, somebody needs to sing a new song. Somebody needs to sing a new song of praise today. Come on, bring someone with you today. Encourage someone today. We're coming out. Come on, we're coming out. The chains are breaking today. The questions are falling today. The answers are coming today because we refuse to be offended. We'll trust you, Lord. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Come on, get some faith.